0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin, your new podcast on the Blood Red channel, where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And for the second time this week, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Blood Red regular Matt Addison. Good morning, mate. You right? Yes, not bad. Did you have a good day off yesterday? I would probably say, did you get up too much? But at the moment, we can't do much, can we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, very much sort uh, of staying in the flat, but uh, yeah, I managed to get out for a run, which was quite nice. Just to to get a bit of uh, fresh air at this, at this moment in time is. Uh think you, you take that for granted most of the time but certainly enjoyed
0: that yesterday. Yeah spot on advice there mate, you've just got to get out you do have to get out when you can uh, but the one thing that continues to happen, with daily life has changed but the football new, news keep on coming and probably you're all aware by now that yesterday UEFA suspended the, the Champions League and the Europa League until further notice uh, and given they were knocked out at the last 16 stage by Atletico Madrid last month, you would not think that affected Liverpool too much but our, actually our chief LFC writer Ian Doyle say it very much does
1: yes certainly I think most people would have had uh, an eye on that just as, as a, a big football story really the Champions League and the Europa League of course as well uh, postponed indefinitely by UEFA yesterday which as you say ordinarily you'd think perhaps doesn't impact Liverpool too much but I think the, the crucial sort of element of, of the statement that UEFA put out and the, the news from yesterday was that they've effectively removed the deadline to qualify for the next year's competition of course, Liverpool already qualified. I think they? they qualified as, as early as the end of December or, or start of January. <laughs> so far ahead in, in the Premier League, they were at that time. But uh, of course, nobody else in the Premier League had mathematically qualified for next season. So effectively, what this means is that the leagues can can, can take their time. There's there's no rush to, to finish and decide these Champions League spots. So even though Liverpool are out of this season's competition, already guaranteed to be at next, next season's as well. I mean... It just means that, you know, looking ahead to tomorrow's Premier League meeting, there's a good chance that the Premier League now can say, well, we don't need to to rush back, we can take our time. And that, of course, means that it gives Liverpool an extra, you know, sort of of boost, if you like, in terms of getting their fixtures finished. Obviously, a few games left to play in which very, very likely they will, will win the Premier League title. So I think... Yeah, as Ian Doyle wrote yesterday, I think it's it's a, a big step for UEFA to have taken ahead of this Premier League meeting, and hopefully we'll find out tomorrow that, that the Premier League can be suspended indefinitely because that just means that we can sort of continue to to gather the facts, make sure that the right decision is made. And I know there's been several shouts that that we've covered. I think we, we spoke about it on the podcast on Tuesday, and we we certainly sp- spoken about it in the past as well of, of people wanting this season to be voided. Obviously, Harry Kane being the the most recent one to to suggest that possibility. And, you know, no Liverpool fan wants that to be the case. And and this is sort of a step to make sure that that doesn't happen.
0: Most definitely. And it does feel like we're reaching the kind of points where the Premier League do follow suit, as you say there. It's almost, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because, health and safety of ourselves and friends, family, loved ones is the most important thing. But at the same time, the Premier League is like any other business and they do have to have plans in place for when it eventually returns. But it just feels by saying, listen, it's coming back. The season will be played, but we're not putting a date on it. Almost ends all that speculation that we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's so, so important that the season gets finished and the fact that UEFA have sort of put this protocol in place, it, to be honest, it wasn't something that I'd thought about and, and considered when when thinking about the Premier League meeting. It was only once it, it was made uh, public yesterday that that was a the decision they'd taken. You sort of consider that as being one of the factors. And yeah, I'm sure it would have been welcome news for Liverpool and, and one or two other Premier League clubs as well. I mean, you think of the likes of Sheffield United who are still in contention for next year's competition. It's... Not just a boost for Liverpool; it's a boost for Sheffield United, for Wolves, for, for any of those teams that are sort of on the verge of, of potentially getting into the European places. And you know, it, as much as it would have been a disaster for Liverpool if if the season had been voided, I mean, it, it wouldn't just be them; it would be several other, other teams as well. So, a sensible decision from from UEFA. And, I think uh, we've got to credit them so far that the Premier League and UEFA have, have made, generally speaking, the, the right decisions at the right times, and I'm sure that will continue tomorrow. I think. Agreed. The most likely, the most likely uh, scenario at the moment now for, for tomorrow's news is certainly that an indefinite suspension until we can establish a few more facts. And, and as Doyle said, that's, that's the right thing to do, and, and the right thing for Liverpool as well.
0: So while the focus remains on when and how football will return, transfer stories continue to persist. And two that have been doing the rounds is is Raheem Sterling trying to pave the way back for a move, a uh, pave the uh, the way for a move back to Liverpool, I should say, which Sean Bradbury discussed on this show yesterday. And also Real Madrid being interested in Sadio Mane. But James Pearce, our former Liverpool FC correspondent who now writes for the Athletic, has had his say on these two stories.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we we reported last week that that Raheem Sterling. I'd said he'd moved he to Liverpool and, and he wouldn't rule out a, a move back in the future, but, but yeah, James says there's, there's absolutely no chance of that happening, and sort of explains it in, in terms of it making no sense on on any level whatsoever. Really, I mean, you consider the fee that would have to be paid. I mean, James speculates that it might be 150 million pounds. To be honest, I think it, it could even be more than that, depending on on the length of Raheem Sterling's contract, because you know he, he's English and there's always a premium on those sorts of players. And, you, know, you, you look at his age. You look at his, his goal-scoring record. Okay, over the last couple of months, he, he's not been quite as as effective as what he has been under Pep Guardiola at Manchester City over the last couple of years or so. But he's still an absolutely top-class player, and I think you know at least 150 million, if not more, would be the figure, especially to, to sell to a rival as well. Um, the wages that, that Raheem Sterling would be on would be at least 300,000 a week, which is is more than than any Liverpool player is on. You know, it, it wouldn't have made sense financially at, at that at that level as James Wright for, for Liverpool to go back into him. So there's not really a, a huge appetite from the club to, to get that done in terms of the financial aspects but you've also got to consider the players that Liverpool have already gotten. Sadio Mane of course is is playing in, in the same position and, and James has, has reiterated as, as we assumed to be the case was, was that Sadio Mane is, is happy, he doesn't want to go anywhere and you know, there's been lots of, of transfer speculation, particularly over the last sort of seven, eight days or so, and you know Real Madrid being linked with a move for Sadio Mane, as they pretty much are every single season. Let's be honest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, James, James rightly says that you know there's no interest from from Sadio Mane to leave the club. I mean, why on earth would there be? In the best club in the world at the moment, Liverpool are, are in a better position once football resumes than Real Madrid are. So of course, you know there's, there's a big. Prestige with the two Spanish clubs, but there's no reason whatsoever for for any Liverpool player to want to go anywhere at this moment in time
0: completely agree yeah it does seem farcical to even contemplate Liverpool selling money when he's in the prime of his career but uh, I suppose if they if they did you can bet they'd make a huge profit on the player I think it was 34 million pounds he signed from Southampton nearly four years ago now and and there's another story on the Liverpool Echoes website written by David Dubas Fisher and Connor Dunn that underlines why the Reds are a bit of transfer market masters I think they call it and fair fair enough to say
1: yeah definitely I mean They've done a a list of, I think, the top twenty players in terms of transfer profit that the teams have made. Felipe Coutinho is a a man whose name still won't go away two years after leaving Liverpool, and and he's top of that list. Of course, brought in I think 2013 from uh, from Inter Milan for eight and a half million, and, and sold for a fee of up to 143 million to Barcelona. So a huge profit made on him. He's certainly not the only one as well. You think of Luis Suarez. Liverpool made a huge profit on him. I think they maybe tripled or quadrupled their their value on him, and, and Raheem Sterling as well. Of course, we've already spoken about him, but brought in as a, a youth team player, sold for about forty-nine, fifty million pounds. So, yeah, Liverpool have a, a huge track record of of bringing in players cheaply. You know, bringing them in either when they're young or or maybe when they've had a, a difficult spell in their career, but you know that they're going to turn that around and. You know the Liverpool get the most out of them on the pitch in terms of, you know, getting these players to the top level. Of course, if you've got the likes of Coutinho or Suarez or Sterling at their peak, Liverpool have benefited from that in a footballing sense, but also in a financial sense too, because you can sell these players on and continue doing that process. And we've seen that so many times with Liverpool—they buy players where. You know, potentially other teams wouldn't necessarily be looking at them. You think of the likes so of Andy Robertson, I think, is probably the prime example of, of players who come in cheaply. That's not to say that Andy Robertson will be leaving Liverpool anytime soon, but if he did, they'd, they'd certainly be selling him for a lot more than the £8 million fee that they spent on him. So, yeah, certainly it's um, transfer market masters, is, is how the two guys that wrote that piece worded it. And I think that's absolutely spot on. I think Liverpool have shown that time and time again. So, yeah. Headed up by Michael Edwards, of course, the the recruitment team and Liverpool have probably got the best recruitment team in the world and I think it's it's safe to say that's a big reason as to why they are where they are at the moment.
0: Most definitely, mate. And I'd just like to plug our listeners to uh, a video you narrated that's on the Blood Red YouTube channel about Michael Edwards, Liberal Sporting Direct. So it's a bit of a backstory, isn't it, mate? I know we uh, without, without want to blow our own trumpets. Quite a good little video. It's, uh, did you enjoy doing it?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was uh, a really interesting one, actually, to, to dive into his backstory. I think he's sort of uh, a person that Liverpool fans massively respect. Certainly nowadays, maybe not when he first came into the club, there was sort of a, a bit of animosity almost towards him in terms of the way that the, the financial side of things was run and the sort of money ball effect that FSG and Liverpool's owners wanted to bring in. But yeah, he's, he's proven to be a, a valuable asset. And I think, yeah, if, if people want to, to find out a bit more about him, because he, he is a bit of a, a mysterious character, keeps himself to himself. Um, but yeah, he's got um, certainly a very interesting backstory, I would say, which, which explains you know right from his early career how he's got to where he is today and yeah as as I say in that video actually I think he's one of the most important if not the most important person at the club at the moment because of course you've, you've got to have the best coaches you've got to have the best medical facilities and that sort of thing to be at the level that Liverpool are at the moment but Ultimately, to be a successful club and to be the best club in the world, you need the best players in the world. And Liverpool don't have the most money. They don't have as much money as as lots of those teams at the top of the Premier League or or the Spanish clubs or or elsewhere across Europe. So you've got to be clever and spend your money in the best possible way. And and certainly, the statistics and the analysis that Michael Edwards and the team that he heads up have, have managed to put together over the last couple of seasons in particular. You know Liverpool have, have paid dividends for that time and time and time again.
0: So it is on the Blood Red YouTube channel where you'll find that video, and you'll also find the latest analysing Anfield podcast there, where Josh Williams and David Alexander used discuss players who could replace Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, and Mohamed Salah in the future. And uh, one such player is Timo Werner. Now, one of his Red Bull Leipzig teammates has been speaking about Werner, and it sounds music to Liverpool fans ears, Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Timo Werner has, has flirted with Liverpool time and time again over the last couple of months, and it, it seems he's got one of his teammates, Tyler Adams, in on the act as well. I think he's a, an American international playing over in Germany at the moment, and he's sort of praised his, his style of play, saying he's a pleasure to play with, but interestingly as well, he also says you know, he could play for, for any of the best teams in the world, and, and certainly Liverpool are one of those. and I think it's uh, a player that you know we've spoken about so many times because it does make a lot of sense. I think for Liverpool, as Tyler Adams says, you know Timo Werner is someone who can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play through the middle. It doesn't matter where you put him, you know, even even as a number ten as well. So um, it doesn't matter where you put him on the pitch, he's always going to score goals. And when, of course, Liverpool are looking for improved backup to that front three that they've got. Somebody who can play across all three positions, I think, would be absolutely perfect. So it just sort of underlines really the the level of player that Liverpool are looking at. Underlines the fact that I think you know it, it would be no surprise whatsoever if Timo Werner was Liverpool player next next season, whenever that starts. So yeah, he's he's like anything Liverpool have already got, which I think is important. You know, you're not you're not really bringing in a, a player who Liverpool have already got stylistically. I think he's. Uh, He's got a bit more pace than Roberto Firmino. He's a bit more direct. Um, and then, of course, when you put him out wide, he can he can do the job that, that Salah and Mane do, but he's a slightly different player as well. So it would give Liverpool an extra option, I think. Certainly a better option than, than the fourth-choice attacker that they've got at the moment in Divock And, you know, Takumi Minamino is there as well, but I think, certainly from, from what I've seen and, and from these comments as well, you, you get the idea that Timo Werner would be a big upgrade for Liverpool and, Obviously, that deadline for, for his reported release clause expiring is, is getting closer, so I'd imagine that if Liverpool are going to make a move, despite, obviously, the, the impact on the transfer window that, that coronavirus has had, I think you know we can expect to, to hear a little bit more about that potential transfer in the next couple of weeks. And If it is going to happen, it, it sounds like it could be, could be one that gets done in, in the next month or
0: so. Well, thanks very much, Maths. We'll be back on Tuesday for your next Morning Bulletin podcast. As for the time being, be we're not recording this show on the same days as our main Blood Red show. Uh, and I imagine Friday's Blood Red will be a very interesting one with more expected to come from the Premier League about when Liverpool and football will return. But in the meantime, keep an eye on the Liverpool Echo's website for all the breaking news. Have a good day, stay safe and bye for now.
1: Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.